0: Good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space. My name is John Kelly. Thank you again for joining us this morning. And it's the 10th of June, the 10th Sunday in Ordinary Time. The piece of music that we played to start off the programme was the Sacred Heart song sang by Michael John Porrier. And the reason why we've done that was because, of course, the Feast of the Sacred Heart was celebrated last Friday, uh, June the 8th. And we didn't really have any chance to mark it because, of course, last week we spoke about Corpus Christi. And so we said we we thought it would be important. We know people have a lot of devotion in the locality and indeed in the world to the Sacred Heart, so it was good for us to mark that this morning. And to help me to produce this programme this morning, Shane Ambrose, good morning to you, Shane. How are you?
1: Good morning, John. How are we keeping?
0: Good. Thanks a lot for joining me this morning, Shane. Now, just to let people know from from our... our, um, uh, so the notices that we put around the place, Father Columba McCann from the Glen Store was due to talk to us this morning about the lay but unfortunately couldn't make it this day. He'll be joining us again in the future. But we're delighted to welcome onto the programme again a week earlier than what we planned, Father Seamus Enright from the St. Mount St. Alphonse there in Limerick. Good morning to Father Seamus, how are you?
2: John, Good morning. I'm delighted to be back on the programme and delighted that I'm back a week earlier than was intended um, because we'll be um, getting our novena off to the start off to a start at the weekend
0: Perfect, so Father Seamus, is going to stay with us in part two to reflect on that, in fact on the novena and the icon and so on and so forth and stay with us in the Gospel in part three but in the meantime, we want to welcome those people uh, especially those people who are sick those people who are under pressure and lonely, housebound, maybe got some health problems, maybe got some tests coming up. We hope that those of you who are listening with those problems join us this morning, will get some hope and some solace from the programme. As people know, at this particular stage, this programme is broadcast on West 102 at 11pm again tonight. And a podcast of this and previous programmes is available on our blog, which is sacredspace102.blogspot.com. So that's sacredspace space. One or two at blogspot.com, and also available on iTunes by searching for Common Sea Inspirations. Of course, if you want to contact us at all in regard to comments about the program, maybe suggestions about people we should chat to on the program, you could email us, and that's on sacred space one or two at gmail.com, or you can text us, and that's on oh eight seven six zero eight eight six six seven. That's oh eight seven six zero eight eight six six seven. So this part of the programme, Shane usually shares with us some celestial guides, some saints that are going to accompany us for the week. Thanks, Shane. Uh,
1: so, liturgical odds is ends this week, John. Uh, so as you said, Sunday at the top of the programme, Sunday, today is the 10th Sunday in ordinary time, so we're well out of the Easter season. And for those praying the Psalter this week, we're on week two. Now, Monday is the 11th of June, and is the feast day of Saint Barnabas. Barnabas is ranked as one of the apostles and is associated as being born on the island of Cyprus. Very much associated with St. Paul and his first missionary journey, as recounted in the Acts of the Apostles. And he is said to have taken part in the Council of Jerusalem, also in the Acts of the Apostles. He returned to Cyprus for preaching the gospel, and is said to have died there as well. Then on Tuesday, we have the feast day of St. Lachinia of Ireland. Now, she was born a princess associated with Oriel in Northern Ireland. And she was the sister of three other saints, St. Faulkner of Rossery, St. Caraca of Canvarn, and St. Darina of Cashel, and St. In the, of Aaron, and no more pertinent details of her life have survived, although she's supposed to have died around the year 500 AD. Then on Wednesday, we have the Face Day of St. Anthony. Now, depending on the part of the world you're in, you have to be very careful what you call St. Anthony. For most people, he's known as St. Anthony of Padua, and of course Padua is in uh, Italy. But if you are in Portugal, if you call him saint anthony of padua because there he's called saint anthony of lisbon and of course this is the saint anthony of lost items this is the one that kind of people pray to when the car keys go missing and the reason you have this distinction is of course anthony is actually portuguese he was born in portugal and uh, uh he was born in lisbon and he was born in 1195 very much associated with he was a franciscan saint and um into the friar miners and originally wanted to go and preach in morocco was shipwrecked in Sicily and he joined some of the brothers who went on to to Assisi. He was a gifted speaker and attracted crowds where he went uh, and preaching and and also uh, a miracle worker uh, as well according to the stories that are, that are associated with his life. So that's what we celebrate on the uh, Wednesday the 13th and for those that owe their debts to St Anthony for things found it might be a good day to settle your payments <laughs> <laughs> just a suggestion just a suggestion. Okay, suggest. right on Thursday then of course in the Irish calendar it's 14th of June we have the feast day of St Davnet now Davnet is associated with County Monaghan and uh, she was a tradition speaks of her as a virgin and founder of a church or monastery and a staff was said to have been very much associated with her And it was used by the local uh, community as a means of truth testing. Uh, And that is that is the legend that is that is that is that is associated with St. Dabnett. Then on Friday, we have the feast day of St. Bernard of Mentheon. Now, John, the reason I picked this guy out from the liturgical calendar is did you ever wonder where the name of the dog St. Bernard came from? You're going to tell me. Yeah, actually, it's associated with this guy, St. Bernard of Mentheon. He is the Apostle of the Alps. Born to French nobility around 923 in 996, and he evangelized the people of the Alps for 40 years. He started a patrol that cleared robbers from the mountains, and he established hospices for travelers and pilgrims to Rome. And he also established a community of Augustinian uh, hospitalers to staff those uh, hospices, and they continue to this day. And the dog that bears the name St. Bernard uh, is is, uh, is associated and named for him. Then, finally, on Saturday, we have the feast day of St. Colman Macree. Macri. Now, this is an unusual, another one from the Irish calendar, a, a spiritual student of St. Columba of I- Iona, and he was a deacon who helped found the monastery on Lambay Island in Dublin, and eventually served as its abbot, and he is said to have died in the 6th century of natural causes. So that's what we have, John, in terms of celestial guides this week. So, uh, following on then, John, from our liturgical odds and ends, uh, we also, of course, just to, to make a point of a couple of other things. As you said at the top of the program, obviously, uh, Friday last was the Feast of the Sacred Heart. Uh, but, of course, uh, while the Feast Day, the solemnity, has is finished, the whole month of June is dedicated to uh, the Sacred Heart, the devotion of the Sacred Heart, and the reminder to us of God's, uh, God's love uh, uh, as expressed and symbolized in his human heart, open for us on the cross. Now, one thing to remember, of course, June, of course, as well as being the month of the Sacred Heart, of course, is also exam month. So for those of our foreign listeners, that means in Ireland we have state examinations for secondary school education, and in particular those that are completing what is called the junior and leaving certificate. It's almost a rite of passage in an Irish context nowadays, uh, but as we would say to anyone that's listening, you know, and particularly if you're housebound, keep the Leaving Cert students in particular in your prayers. It's a very stressful time for them. But for anyone that's listening, of course, that is doing exams this week, listen, all you can do is do your best and see, what way, and see what happens. All you can do is do your best. And that's all that anyone can ask of you. And no matter what happens, life doesn't end after the Leaving Cert. It goes on and on. Now, in terms of notices, of course, this week, John, I just want to add a couple of one or two myself, if that's Okay. Um, Now, first of all, just uh, to say to people, uh, in two weeks' time, we're going to have um, a program about the World Meeting of Families again. And just to say to people, if you are interested in volunteering for the World Meeting of Families, they have extended the opening, uh, the the, the closing date for applications for volunteers, and they badly need uh, volunteers to sign up and to help out uh, for those series of events um, in August in Dublin. Uh, so if you're interested, just to check, click onto the World Meeting Families website and just check out uh, the application procedure for uh, volunteering. Um, now, a couple of other things. And for those that might want a little bit of a time out, uh, there is a couple of uh, upcoming, upcoming things, one of which is on actually next week, which is the June the 15th to Sunday, June the 17th. And it is a weekend in Balance and it's called Reflecting on the Seasons of Your Heart. And it's facilitated by Agnes Nolan, who's an artist, and Sister Delia O'Connor. And if you're interested, you need to confirm the booking with Sister Cecilia English. And that's on 87 by tomorrow, as places are limited. And it's a weekend in Ballen, As well as that, then, there is also, just for people that might want to be aware, a couple of retreat days that are coming up in Glenstall Abbey. Uh, Tuesday, the 26th of June, is a one-day silent retreat for women. Wednesday, the 27th of June, is just a, a, a retreat day for women. It's not a silent day. And Thursday, the 28th of June, is a day retreat for men so it's an opportunity to reflect relax and pray in obviously the peaceful surrounds of the abbey and guided by monks of the abbey um the uh, for more information contact install at 061 that's 061 and then the last one there John which I I would highlight was uh, uh, so this is um, being run by Milford Care Centre and the Alankara Organisation, which supports bereaved parents. And they're holding a bereavement information evening next Thursday, the 14th of June, at 7pm in the Milford Care Centre. So that's 14th of June, 7pm. It's a free event, and it's open to all bereaved parents. Uh, the only thing that they'd just like to know is if if you're planning to attend, could you let them know by Wednesday, and z- 85 zero eight five. Two AA double AA. Double double That's OA five. Two AA Double AA. Double double That's an information evening for bereaved parents. That's it from my side, John.
0: Thanks a lot for that, Shane. Just one one important notice that I'd just like to bring to uh, listeners' attention. Father Michal Liston, a good friend of the program over the years, has given us many a sort of reflection. Father Michal celebrated his golden jubilee, fifty years in the priesthood. Yesterday, uh, that was marked by an occasion in the Woodlands House Hotel. So, from ourselves here in Sacred Space, and I'm sure from our listeners, we thank Father Mihal for all the services given to the church, to the locality, and indeed to Sacred Space over the years. We wish him many more years of priesthood and um, times when he spends hopefully a lot more time, maybe with his friends and relaxing. But thanks, Father, Father Mihal. Wonderful to have you with the program. Uh, Just a few little notices um, from EWTN, actually. What's on EWTN this week? I know there's a fair few of our listeners watch and listen to EWTN. For those that might be interested, next Saturday evening, 9pm, Joseph Ratchinder, the Pope Benedict, Bavaria to Benedict. Joan Boole and Claire Anderson reflect on Joseph Ratchinder's life and election as Pope Benedict XVI as they travel um, throughout his childhood homeland of Bavaria. That's on next Saturday at uh, 9 o'clock. A bit earlier, on Wednesday at 9 o'clock, St. Gianna Beretta Mola, a modern-day hero. St. Gianna Mola was a physician, wife and a mother who refused an abortion despite knowing that the pregnancy could result in her death. Uh, That's on Wednesday evening, EWTN, at 9pm. And just the last uh, notes here. Friday next, 9pm, Meet the Legion, the history and, and mission of the Legion of Mary, one of the largest worldwide lay Catholic organisations and currently found in over 171 countries. That's at 9 o'clock next Friday evening. So now just before we go for our first bit of music, there's a a spiritual communal prayer that we always pray with those and for those people who can't receive Jesus at Mass this morning uh, because they're sick or ill. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. So now at this part of the programme, we go for our first bit of music. And Father Shamish, you picked a nice bit of music for us to start off the programme, please, this morning.
2: I did indeed. Thank you. I think the first piece you're going to play is Lord, You Come to the Seashore. It's a perfect one. Thanks for that, Father Shamish. I'm told this was a favourite piece of music of Pope John Paul II. It originates from Chile, was first written in Spanish and then translated into English.
0: So that's that's Lord, you come to the seashore. So let's say this. So welcome back again to the second part of the program. My name is John Keeley, I'm Still joined by Shane Ambrose on the other end of the Skype line. and also joining us on the telephone is Father Shane Am- uh, Enright, who is the rector of Mount Saint Francis uh, Monastery, Redemptus Monastery here in Limerick. And again, you're welcome again, Father Seamus, and thanks again for joining us.
3: You, John.
0: Of course, you're going to share with us um, in a few minutes um, about your novena, which starts on the 15th to the 23rd of June. But just before that, it's the novena. Our Lady of Perpetual Help. And maybe a few of our listeners just might want to know a little bit more about Our Lady of Perpetual Help, how it came to being and so on and so forth. Could you share a little bit with us, please?
2: Well, over 150 years ago, Pope Pius IX gave the original icon of Our Lady of Perpetual Help into the care of the Redemptress. And when he gave the icon into our care, he gave us a mandate, and this is unusual for a religious congregation, excuse me, to have such a specific mandate, but he gave us a mandate to make Mary known throughout the world as the Lady of Perpetual Help. So we've been trying to do that ever since. The icon, of course, is is an ancient icon. Before coming into our care, it was in the care of the Irish Augustinians in Rome. The Irish Augustinians had, of course, fled Ireland during the penal times to set up seminaries on the continent. Now, they didn't flee the country completely, of course, because they kept um, coming back, but they had to set up their seminaries and their formation houses abroad. So they had a little church in Rome, St. Matthews. The icon was venerated there um, for hundreds of years, and... When the French invaded Rome after the French Revolution, they destroyed the Church of St. Matthew. The Augustinians fled and took the icon with them. But they went to a church where there was already a devotion to Our Lady of Graces, so they put the icon away in their own private chapel, and it vanished from sight. And it was lost, really, but not forgotten for, for quite some time in the And in the 1850s, the Redemptors decided to build a headquarters in Rome, so we bought land. Father Douglas, who had been one of the founders of the Redemptors community here in Limerick, funded it from his own um, family estate, and they built the Church of St. Alphonsus, and this was very close to where the old Augustinian Church of St. Matthew had been, and it's a long story, but the shortened version, the Redemptress got to hear about the icon of Our Lady of Perpetual Health from a variety of sources. They tracked it down and discovered that the Augustinians had it, um, asked the Pope to ask the Augustinians to transfer the icon into the care of the Redemptress. So when the Pope asks you to do something like that, you just do it. Now, there's an interesting story, of course. The Pope said that in return for the icon, we should give another painting of Our Lady to the Augustinians. But the prior of the Augustinians at the time, Father O'Brien said that um, they'd rather a financial donation, that they were very poor at the time. So the Redemptorist made a donation, a significant donation at the time. So the icon to our care um, was badly in need of restoration, but eventually was restored and was placed for veneration in the Church of St. Alphonsus, the headquarters of the Redemptorists in Rome. If people are in Rome, it's on the Via Marilana, which is very close to the Basilica of St. Mary Major. So that's the Roman bit of the story. The make-or-known mandate um, resonated with the Redemptorists. So we began making copies of the icon, and one of the earliest copies um, came to Limerick. It came here in December of 1866 seven and so we're celebrating 150 years of devotion to our lady of perpetual help in limerick so in 1968 and nine, 18, 1868 and 1869 the people of limerick mostly the men in the holy family confraternity built the shrine if you know our church you'll know the beautiful shrine so they built the shrine to as a home for the icon So it's been venerated here since December of 1867. And in the shrine, um, since the shrine opened on the Feast of the Assumption, the 15th of August in 1869, and the devotion has been uninterrupted. Um, We say that the shrine is at the heart of Limerick life, and it has been that for 150 years. People come all the time to, to pray before the icon. And then the high point of course is the novena every year in June
0: thanks for that Seamus. just before we start to speak about the uh about the the novena um a few people might need a little bit of um explanation as to the difference between a painting and an icon. Can you tell us a little bit about
2: well no <laughs> i'm not I'm not an art expert um and I'm sure technically there's no difference, as I understand it, but it's the religious significance. I think icons in the tradition of the Eastern churches from where icons come, icons were um, painted as as a religious exercise. The icon writers or the icon painters were mostly monks and nuns, and they did this in a profoundly spiritual way, they made the pains, they, they fasted, they prayed. So all of that praying and fasting and spiritual energy uh, went into the, the icon. And they're, they're highly symbolic, of course. Um, they're, the icon of Our Lady of Perpetual Help is probably a little bit less um, formal than some other icons because it was painted on the island of Crete where there were Italian influences at work. So the features of Our Lady of Jesus are a little bit more, a little bit less stylized than they might be in, in a normal icon. And the icons are considered to somehow make present the mystery that they represent. And they're seen as really gateways into heaven. And and I think the icon here in Mount Central Fonsus, um, is such. Um, you know, people have been praying here for before the icon for 150 years. I think that the praying of the people has rubbed off on the icon. I think the energy of people's prayers has rubbed off on the icon, and I think the icon, which was holy um, from the beginning, has has had its meaning deepened and transformed by the prayer and, and the faith of the people. Eliot has a line about stones, the stones of ancient churches and monasteries, about stones being made holy, by the praying that went on in the building. So I think the icon here has been made holy um, by the praying of, of the people who come to the church. Now, normally you don't get a close-up view of the icon. It's in the shrine, has been there for 150 years. It's actually quite up, high up, so you pray from a distance. But this year, on June the 27th, which is the Feast of Our Lady of Perpetual Health, um, to celebrate 150 years of devotion in Limerick, we're actually going to take the icon out of the shrine, and we're going to take it to the high altar for a day, so that people can come and pray close up, as it were, and 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 see the detail of the icon as they're praying. So it'll be a once in a it'll be a once in a lifetime opportunity on the 27th of June, and the icon will go back into the shrine then again, and probably won't come out for another 150 years.
0: Father Shamus, thanks uh, thanks for giving us that background. I think it's a nice way to lead in to. Speaking about the novena, this year. So the novena starts off. Fifteenth of June. The novena
2: starts on the fifteenth of June. It starts on Friday, and of course, a novena comes from the Latin word for nine day for nine. So it runs for nine days, from June the fifteenth to June the twenty third. Um, we have ten celebrations every day. Times are seven in the morning, eight and 10, 11.30, and then a lunchtime session at one ten, then four thirty, six. 7.39 and 10.30. You'll find all that information on our website, novena.ie. And we're also doing some advertising on West Limerick Community Radio and in the local papers. So there are a good few sources of information with the details of the novena. But as I say, starting at 7 in the morning, going on until 10.30 in the evening and about every hour and a half um, in between. The focus this year will be on celebrating family. Um, we're taking Pope Francis's letter on the family as, as a basis for our preaching because we're, we're preparing, as is the whole Irish Church, for the World Meeting of Families in August and for the visit of um, Pope Francis to Ireland. Some people will know I went to Rome on behalf of the prisoners here in Limerick to try to persuade um, the Pope. To, to visit Limerick Prison when he's in Ireland but I had a nice little meeting with him but unfortunately um, he's not coming to, to, to visit us but we'll, we'll go to see him in Dublin
0: Well done, well done So the idea is of course to celebrate uh, this year's Novena um, entitled Celebrating Family Who do you have talking to us this year Father
2: Seamus? Um, the preachers are Father Dan Baragree Dan is of course a Limerick man he's the provincial of the redemptorist Father Jerry Maloney Jerry is a member of the community here in Limerick, and he's from Dune, and he edited Redempt- Reality, our magazine, for many years. And Walsh is a Redemptorist lay missionary from Newfoundland in, in, in Canada. And Peter Hill is a Redemptorist. He's from Dominica in the Caribbean, but at present he works in the Redemptorist community in San Antonio in Texas. So um, quite a, an international team. I suppose to reflect the, the changing face of Limerick and the changing face of Ireland, we will have a priest from Ukraine as well, and he'll be able to hear confessions in Russian and Polish as well as in Ukrainian. We have a priest from Indonesia who recently joined our our community. Um, different people here can hear confessions in, in, in French and in, in Portuguese. So we're always doing our best to try to respond to the needs and the ever-changing needs of the people around us.
0: Thomas, now there's some special sessions. Um, there's one for the there children. Are.
2: Hmm. On Sunday the 17th of June at 4.30 in the afternoon, we have a blessing of babies and young children. That goes back for years, really. We won't have mass at that time. On Sunday, June the 17th at 4.30, it's just a blessing of babies. On Monday the 18th of June at 11.30, We have a special novena celebration for First Communion classes, and schools from quite a radius um, come to that, and and it's a lovely gathering. So if you're listening to me, if you have a First Communion class, um, if you haven't been in contact with us yet, there's still time to get on to us. Then we have the Sacrament of the Sick on the 23rd of June at 11.30, and as I say, all this information is on novena.ie, then we have a counselling service, from, we have confessions, we have a reconciliation day on the 19th of June, so quite a varied programme.
0: And you always say, Father Seamus, that every, everybody is welcome to this novena.
2: Yes, and I'd like to emphasise that again, that, it, that everybody is welcome. Um, everybody is always welcome here at Mount St. Alphonsus, um, everybody's welcome in God's house, and everybody is, is particularly... Um, welcome at the Novena.
0: Okay, so again, just remind us again, it starts up again this
2: Friday, the 15th. We're starting on Friday, the 15th. We go for nine days up until the 23rd. We have ten celebrations each day. We begin at 7 in the morning. We end at 10.30 in the evening. And you'll find all the information on novena.ie. And, of course, if you can't come into Limerick to us, uh, we will broadcast or stream all the novena celebrations on novena.ie so if you're in a nursing home or if you're unwell if you're housebound um you can join the novena um online uh, as well as physically coming to us in mount central fontes and people all over the world um, we've noticed that over the past few years people all over the world um join us online and for the novena last year we had some very sad messages from American soldiers in Iraq and in Afghanistan who were joining us online and who were living, of course, in, in fear of their lives. And whatever we think of the political decisions around the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq, I think we have to have a room in our heart and a room in our praying for the individual soldiers who are caught up in this and for the people uh, among whom they're serving. So people all over the world will join us.
0: Father Seamus, thanks a lot for coming on and sharing that good news with us. Um, it's, it's, um, it's a beautiful celebration. I, I, I go to every year myself, and I know lots of people from the county will be there. So thanks Oh, again. yeah, from all over. Thanks again for all those people, for all, for, for all of your team there, for putting on uh, such a wonderful Thank event you. for us each year. Thank you so much. Thank now, you. at this part of the programme, we might go out for a second piece of music, and you've chosen another piece of music there, Father?
2: Yeah, I've chosen a piece, really, um, Dolores O'Riordan um, singing the Ave Maria. Um, the high point of Dolores' life was singing for the Pope. I was talking to Eileen, her mother, lately about that. But uh, Dolores spent a lot of her life in the shadow of Mount St. Alphonsus. She went to the model school, um, she went to Laurel Hill, um, and Eileen was telling me, loved this church and loved the Shrine of Our Lady of Perpetual Help, and often went to Mass here as a young person. So In 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 memory of of Dolores, and as a tribute to Eileen, um, her mother, um, I'd like to play um, the Ave Maria. Thank you so much. Okay, so let's do this.
0: Welcome back again to the third part of Sacred Space My name is John Keely Thank you again for staying with us Shane of course is still staying with me on the other end of the Skype line, And Father Seamus is still with us on the telephone Thank you very much indeed Father For giving us an appetite wetting our appetite to come in and join you uh, And let's start next Friday For the Novena of Our Lady of Perpetual Health But the most important part of any uh, Program we've ever done here in Sacred Space Is the third part, the last part Where we read and reflect on the Word of God The Sunday Gospel And before that, Shane, you should share a prayer with us before reading and reflecting on scripture. Thank you, Shane.
1: Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively and humbly. May we not despise this word but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let our, not our eyes be closed, nor our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
0: Amen. Thanks for that, Shane. So, the Gospel for today, for the 10th Sunday in Ordinary Time, is taken from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 3, verse 20 to 35. And, Father Shemus, would you mind reading the Gospel for us, please, this morning?
2: Jesus went home with his disciples, and such a crowd collected that they could not even have a meal. When his relatives heard of this, they set out to take charge of him, convinced he was out of his mind. The scribes who had come down from Jerusalem were saying, Beelzebub is in him, and it is through the prince of devils that he casts devils out. So he called them to him and spoke to them in parables. How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot last. And if a household is divided against itself, that household can never stand. Now, if Satan has rebelled against himself and is divided... He cannot stand either It is the end of him But no one can make his way Into a strong man's house And burgle his property Unless he has tied up the strong man first Only then Can he burgle his house I tell you solemnly All men's sins will be forgiven And all their blasphemies But let anyone (coughs) blaspheme Against the Holy Spirit And he will never have forgiveness He is guilty of an eternal sin This was because they were saying, an unclean spirit is in him. His mother and brothers now arrived and standing outside sent in a message asking for him. A crowd was sitting round him at the time the message was passed to him. Your mother and brothers and sisters are outside asking for you. Jesus replied, who are my mother and my brothers? And looking round at those sitting in a circle about him, Jesus said, here are my mother and my brothers. Anyone who does the will of God, that person is my brother and sister and mother.
0: Thank you for that, Father Sheamus. So that's the, the Gospel for today for the 10th Sunday in Ordinary Time taken from the Gospel of Mark. Father Sheamus, would you like to share a thought with us, please, on this Gospel this morning, please? Yep.
2: I think Mark's Gospel is a very interesting Gospel and I think it, it resonates in a special way for the time that we're living in. There's a consensus among scholars, I think, that Mark was traumatized when he wrote the Gospel, that he was traumatized because the community in which he lived and for which he was writing was experiencing a time of great persecution. But what really bothered him was that people began leaving the community. People who had followed Jesus now decided not to follow him any longer, and they began leaving the community because of two reasons, I think. First of all, they couldn't cope with suffering, quite understandable, and they had difficulties with the teaching of Jesus about servanthood. So in Mark's Gospel, everybody who was close to Jesus, including his family, comes badly out of it. None of them understand Jesus. None of them quite put their finger on the pulse of what he's about. When he needs them, they betray him. None of them are there when he needs them, at the f- when he's hanging on the cross, dying. And if you can recall uh, Mark's account of the death of Jesus, the, 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 the followers are all gone. Nobody is standing at the foot of the cross. They're all gone. They've all run away. And it's outsiders who recognize what it is that God is doing. Uh, a woman comes and anoints Jesus. She gate crashes a party to prepare him for his burial. As a centurion, a complete outsider says, surely this was a son of God. And then Joseph of Arimathea, who followed Jesus, but at a distance, comes and prepares him for burial. So he depends, in the end, on strangers, not on followers, and not on family. But the, the, the abandonment of the community so, so distressed, Mark, that his gospel has this kind of dark, dark sense to it.
0: Thank you for that, Father Seamus. Um, Shane, would you like to share a thought with us, please?
1: Yeah, um, it's, I think actually what Father Seamus said there is actually a very interesting point in terms of Mark's gospel very much being um, a gospel for our times. I suppose when I was looking at it, the thing that struck me about this week's gospel was that linkage to family. And the, you know, the, the first part of the gospel and the last part of the gospel spoke about that dynamic and what Jesus, Jesus was, was talking about. And, of course, um, in, in, the, in the tradition of the time, the family was very much a focal point uh, for the community. Um, still very much a, a part of the, the culture of the Middle East today. And um, it, Jesus's approach to it was very uh, countercultural in trying to bring across the point that he was trying to make. He was kind of a rebel in terms of breaking out from the confines to say that, you know, if you were his follower, you were the equivalent of his brother or his sister or his mother. And that's, you know, something for us maybe to think about because I suppose we can get very um, cliquey in terms of our groupings and how we view things. And it's a challenge to us, I suppose, to and a reminder to us um, that... Being Christian and being is, 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 is quite a, a wide-ranging thing, because even if there are people that we disagree with, and we might disagree on very fundamental things, uh, followers of Christ have to be open to the divine in each other, and we have to be able to recognize that the person that we might meet or see is a brother or sister in Christ. And that can be very challenging for us in terms of our response to the call that Jesus makes to each one of us. Because the, the, the gospel we have this week from Mark, the, the section of the gospel, it comes immediately after um, Jesus has called the 12 disciples in, in Mark's account. And it's, it's a response to that in some ways, in terms of, well, what does it mean when we are called to be followers of Jesus? And it, I it's one of the things I suppose we need to think about and reflect on, uh, each of us on, on this Sunday morning. when we're listening to this gospel in terms of, well, what is our response to that call? In terms of being able to find the space and the time uh, to listen to that still small voice uh, in in our hearts, and you know, and and it's it's finding that opportunity, and like you know, what Father Shame has said about the novena in in, in the second part of the program, these are opportunities for us to to find that space to encounter God, to make space to do it, and um, uh, so that we can listen to what He has to say for to us, and. Um, it's 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 it, that 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 was, that was that was one of the things I think that 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 struck me on 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 on, on this Sunday's gospel. Thanks for that, Shane.
0: One thoughts that struck me um, on this Sunday's gospel was right towards the end, where the gospel when it says, "Who are my brother and my brothers?" and looking around at those sitting in a circle about him, he said, "Here are my mother and my brothers. Anyone who does the will of God, that person is my brother and sister and mother." And I had to think about that for myself there for, for a little while, and the question was posed to me, um, do I want to be a brother and sister of Jesus? If so, Jesus tells us we need to do the will of God. And how, do I, and, and how do I know what the will of God is for me? I need to listen to the Holy Spirit, give the Holy Spirit time and space to lead me to that place Where I can hear God speaking to me. Elsewhere in the Gospel we're told that Mary, the mother of Jesus, told the stewards at the wedding feast of Cana. Do whatever he tells you. So the thought came to me there this week. Today let us be open to the Lord telling us what he wants us to do. So I suppose the thing that got me this week was anyone who does the will of God. The question we have to ask, am I doing the will of God? Do I want to find out if I'm doing the will of God? Do I give the spirit and time and space to hear what God is asking me to do and then work away from there? Just one of those thoughts, uh, maybe something similar to what Father Seamus shared with yeah. us. Father Seamus, uh, sorry, just before we finish off the program, would you like to remind us again about the Navina Please, the Times?
2: I'd be delighted to to remind you <laughs> again and i'm grateful for the opportunity the novena at the redemptorist in limerick june the 15th to june the 23rd we begin with a celebration at seven in the morning we go on right through the day and our final celebration every evening is at 10:30. that's a little bit different to others it's quieter it's more reflective it's in candlelight we use taste style music and, and and that appeals um, to, to, to some people, um, especially. Um, everybody is welcome. Everybody is welcome at the Novena. Everybody is always welcome here in Mount St. Alphonsus. Because, and I suppose just picking up on the Gospel again, we're the new family of Jesus. I mean, we're his sisters and we're his brothers, and it's not an easy time. But um, everybody is welcome into this community. Everybody is welcome to belong and to be part of it. So there's no reason for anybody to stay outside the door. Come in, come as you are, you'll find a welcome.
0: And of course, very importantly, for those, um, for those of us who might have relations abroad, they can also click into novena.ie. Yes, of course, thank and you. listen to all the season. Thanks for that, Father Sheamus. So at this part of the... And thank you again for coming to, to share with us. Hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll touch base with you next week. In the meantime, you've got a final piece of music you'd like us to play this morning.
2: Yes, this time I've chosen a piece um, by composed and sung by Bernadette Farrell. Uh, Bernadette Farrell works in the East End of London. She's a social activist and a contemporary uh, liturgical musician, and it's called um, Everyday God. And I think it, it resonates with some of the themes that Pope Francis has been emphasizing and since he became the Bishop of Rome. So Everyday God by Bernadette Farrell.
0: Thanks a lot, Father Shamus, and also thanks for your patience because this morning we had a few challenges with Skype line and, uh, and so on and so forth, but thank you for bearing with us. And uh, best of luck for the Divina. and this is a beautiful piece of music, Everyday God by Bernadette Farrell. So let's hear this.